Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through M&A projects where we've been involved in the course of our careers, unpacking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose in doing this is to leave you, the listener, with valuable lessons and experiences that you can use in your own M&A projects. So without wasting any more time, let's get this podcast underway. Hey, Toby, how are you? Good, good, Robert. How are you down there in Melbourne? We're good, enjoying it. The weather's quite good. Yeah. And there's more people around in the CBD. Yeah, Life yeah. is sort of generally coming back to some It small. is normality. Would you believe it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. COVID's not the top story now. No, Other I, things are grabbing the headlines. I don't know about you, but I still get out the car and sort of go, oh, hang on a minute. Do I need a mask? Where's my phone? I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that all the time. I carry yeah. one just in case. Yeah. Now, we're going to talk on a fascinating topic that we've been sort of throwing backwards and forwards for the last few weeks, yeah. which is the Theranos affair with yeah. Elizabeth Home And the whole thing, I mean, she managed to fleece nearly a billion dollars out of some of the world's supposedly most savvy business people. Yeah. So do you, want to, do you want to sort of just set the scene and we'll kick yeah. it off? Yeah. Look, I, I think a lot of people know the Elizabeth Holmes. I think sure people have read about it. It's certainly been in the press. We have to go back about 20 years ago when, she, when Elizabeth Holmes was scarcely, what, 19 or 20 years of age. Yep. She was quite young at the time and she started off this new business. It wasn't actually in blood testing. It was a, a patch that she was originally going to that's what her startup was about. But then she moved into blood testing. And the whole idea was to test blood with just a finger prick of blood, not a complete drawer of blood as they often do. Yep. And so the idea, the vision was to have a machine that's like a box that you could sit in a doctor's surgery, ultimately even in your home, that you'd actually just test it, test your blood, and you, it can actually come up and diagnose a whole range of conditions, essentially hundreds of tests. Yep. And you'd be able to get that information straight away and you'd be able to make health decisions. And so it became a human right to be able to decide what your, what your health is. Yeah, and you could imagine that equipment like that would completely revolutionise the entire medical industry. It would. It totally revolutionised. Not dissimilar to the way the phone, the iPhone, Steve Jobs' iPhone, yep. has revolutionised yep. our telecommunications. I mean, it's it was seriously disruptive if you could somehow bring blood testing capability into your own home and, and literally just oh. test your blood, blood and, and range of conditions. Very powerful. So that's where Elizabeth Holmes originally came to the fray of things, if you like. That's right. Supposedly with a company that had this blood testing equipment. Indeed. And I, and I suppose ultimately, Robert, that the problem with all of this is actually the product didn't actually work. And, no. and they worked hard at this. And they had these sort of like the early stage of the business, and this goes back about around 2000. 2002 to around sort of 2010 or so, when it was in that stage where it was continually testing, trying to improve the product, trying to make it work, uh, kind of really didn't make it work. And they had a lot of problems trying to get consistent results from this product. And this story really is ultimately about a, where people were trying, how to say, could, but ultimately started to go into broad yeah. And, and lies about the product and what it can and can't do. 
that's that's the point of this, isn't it? There must mm. be a point where those people, you set out with a vision of what you want to mm. do. Mm. And at some point down the track, you realize that this isn't working. Mm. Now, I, I seem to recall at the time, they were using traditional blood testing machines for their mm. analyses anyway. That's right. That's right. right. And at some point in time, they've decided they're going to present that as the proof of their development on this so-called marvel machine. Mm, mm, indeed. indeed. Uh, now, well, when you say they, I mean, the question is who, whatever, but I mean, it all seems to sort of channel back to Elizabeth Holmes as such. It does. It does, yes. I think the, the issue about all of this is that Elizabeth Holmes was an extraordinary individual, is an extraordinary individual, because she wanted to succeed at all costs. And she had an extraordinary level of self-belief in terms of that she could pull this off. And she was t- tending to a product that seriously wasn't working. And she had a lot of other people saying, this product's not working. But she believed totally that it could be made to work. And when she was confronted, when it really couldn't work, that's when she started to hack other machines, blood testing machines, and to use those instead of her own product to provide test results. And this was yeah. a whole part of the whole Walgreens deal. We're sort of getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but yeah. that's that's where we started shifting from a, a desire for something to work to fraud. Now, look, I'm just going to take a segue very quickly. Because mm. there's a comparable to this that I actually got involved in some time back. I was part of an acquisition of a software company that was mm. doing advanced supply chain analytics. And what was supposed to be in the engine of this software was some AI-driven uh, algorithms that would optimize your supply chain for you mm. in, in very complex scenarios. And on the surface, it all looked quite kosher. Mm. What we actually found out, luckily enough, before anything went through and got signed, but the the so-called algorithms was simply an Excel spreadsheet with some PowerPoint slides attached to it, and it was complete fraud. Yeah, and it was being it was being presented for anybody that watched the software demo. You'd sit there and you'd go, "Wow, this is streets ahead of anything else. We want to buy this." And of course, there was no algorithms or anything in there at all. And in in a sense, this is where Elizabeth Holmes has gone, isn't she? She's yeah, yes. It's it's an interesting one. It all comes down to when it comes to deceiving, is whether she was intending to deceive or whether it was just basically hyperbole, a strong desire to show that it could potentially do what it can do. But it said intent. That's that's key. Did she intentionally try to deceive people? So it's not a case of whether she did deceive, but whether she knowingly knew that she was deceiving. Now, this is a bit like trying to ask a psychopath if they actually knowingly knew that what they were doing in killing someone was wrong. That's it's that kind of thing, you see, and because this is the reason why so it's so hard to actually convict people on this sort of things like wire fraud. And your previous example was a form of wire fraud. Because it's one thing to deceive. It's another thing to knowingly, with intent, 
to deceive. Because with your example of your AI solution, the spreadsheet, they may have said, well, you didn't ask the right questions. I mean, we'd called it an algorithm. It didn't tell you it was an Excel spreadsheet. That's what you, obviously, that's what it was. But that's for you to find out. That's why you do due diligence after all. And of course, there's there's that aspect of it. The, The other factor that was just in my mind a minute ago is that these, these people like Elizabeth Holmes, and in fact, I'll go back to the guy with the supply chain solution. They're mm. charismatic. They've, they've got a, a particular charisma about them, the, the way they present themselves, their optimism. Mm. They're a little bit quirky in some cases, mm. right? but they're convincing. Yeah. And when we first started talking about this, one of the things that got me was I was recalling some of the deals I've known about in the past. Mm. And... Sometimes you'll get, and again, I'll talk from a software point of view because that's the bit I know, mm. but you'll, you'll sometimes get groundbreaking software that's, that's being developed. Mm. It's not complete yet. You can't touch it and feel it, mm. right? But it gets out into the marketplace. People start to show interest, and investors look at this software and they go, wow, this stuff is going to completely break the industry. Mm. I need to be in on this. They look at the comp and it appears to be staffed by very highly skilled, intelligent people. And they think, right, okay, these guys have got it. Right. Mm. And, and you invest millions. Yeah. Because my first reaction when we looked at Elizabeth Holmes was, well, more for them for not doing due diligence. But mm. there's only a certain level of due diligence you can do. Mm. And in this case, everybody's been blinded by the fairy tale story. Yeah, which I can see why you've called this "the emperor has no clothes." Mm, indeed, indeed. So over time, she fleeced quite a few millions out of some fairly important people. Do we know who they are? Okay, yes. Yeah. So the people that uh, Elizabeth Holmes scammed, nearly a billion, about $945 million altogether. So there's some big names. Tim Draper, Donald Lucas, Sindal from Amway, Walmart, yeah. the Walmarts, and both Larry Ellison, Rupert yeah. Murdoch, and the, the DeVos family. So we, uh, you can't get bigger names than this. Once, oh, you know? Well, I'll t- I'll, I've had personal experience with two of the people you've mentioned, Larry Ellison okay. and Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. Right. And I could tell you, they are very savvy individuals and they've got that they don't normally make rash decisions about anything Mm. so she's obviously fooled them as well and pulled the wool over their eyes indeed now there's been a court case about it i believe yeah well i mean where does it get to now what's happened okay so elizabeth home went ahead and did scam (laughs) a lot of people now what it got to was that um, just a bit of history is that everybody kind of believed Elizabeth Holmes in terms of the story because she's a very charismatic individual and people wanted to believe that this product could do what it could do. But in 2015, there was a Wall Street Journal article which was effectively saying the emperor with no clothes. It was the one that called out to say, hang on a sec, this product actually isn't doing what you think it's doing because they're using third-party testing machines, semen mm-hmm. testing machines to actually do the blood testing, not in the product, the Edison, that people thought it was doing. Even Walgreens, who they had a strategic partnership with, didn't know that. And so that article kicked off an avalanche. People then start seeing us differently. The Security and Exchange Commission started getting involved. 
the Food and Drug Administration started getting involved. And she then found herself being sued by private investors. She found that her laboratory wasn't working to the appropriate level of standards. But importantly, you know, it was about 2017, I think it was, when she was actually indicted for, I think it was about 14 counts of fraud. And basically what she was being indicted for was knowingly deceiving investors, wire fraud. And she pleaded not guilty. And so it went to trial. And so in 2021, that was, ooh, was about August, I think it was, last year, the, the trial kicked off. So there was 11 charges against her. Elizabeth Holmes was found guilty on four of those 11 charges. The jury was unable to come to a conclusion on the other charges. And so she was found guilty, and that was in January of this year. And so she will be sentenced September this year. And this will be at the same time, assuming her partner in crime, Sonny Balwani, is yep. also found guilty. Now, that court case is going through now. So that's actually happening now. And he's being tried on the same charges those same 11 charges. Right. And so that trial has just kicked off. And, of course, it's not looking good for him because the jury has already found her guilty on four of those charges. And it's a good chance that Sonny Balwani will as well. So it will end up in sentencing and it will probably be a prison term, anything lasting up to 20 years, probably not, but we shall see how many years. But it sounds like there'll be some sort of sentence will be involved. Yeah, and you would imagine that something of this sort of scale, again, it's back to what we've spoken about before mm. in terms of white-collar crime and how it's not fully dealt with by the courts mm. in terms of appropriate charges, appropriate punishment, because as you said, sometimes it's about was there an intent to? Intent, I mean, yes. It's, it's a very it's, high it's, bar. This. It's a, you it, tell it, you what, it, you think about it, it's a very, very high bar. But the jury did find, even with that high bar, they, they did find her guilty on four of those charges. I was just listening when you were talking earlier as well, and I'm sorry to go back in this, mm. but you, you can imagine that you've got these investors like Tim Draper, Donald Lucas, as you say. If you were one of those people and someone mm. comes along and presents you a portfolio and says, this is what my company's doing and so on, and you say, well, who, who's investing you? And you, you roll out a list of names, Tim Draper, Donald Lucas, yeah. Larry Ellison, Rupert Murdoch. At this level, these people all know each other. Yep. So it's very easy to cross-check that. Yep. But it's equally easy then to be duped and led into the trap, so to speak. Yep. Because you think, oh, okay, so Larry Ellison, he's investing. It must be good. Yeah, it must be okay. I've I've got to be in on this. This is is top This is FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's also got the power of that secrecy. Because I'm just I'm just thinking through as well. One of the things I remember in the trial was that Elizabeth Holmes always refused to disclose the science, if you like, or the design behind the equipment on the basis that it was sensitive and confidential and that if any of that ever leaked out, it would be the end of it sort of thing. Yeah, trade and, secrets. And, uh, yeah, trade secrets sort of idea. So she managed to sort of dupe people by using that as a defense. That's fine. And then, of course, as as we've just said, if you turn around to someone and say, oh, well, Larry Ellison's invested in me and so have the DeVos family and so on and so forth, Mm. you sort of go, wow, right, okay, I'm lucky to be on the inside track on this. So you can see how easily people can get duped. It is, yes. I mean, to be honest, it was an extraordinary, I call it the spider's trap. 
that Elizabeth Holmes laid out for investors. And because she basically she chose the investor. She interestingly yeah. steered her clearly away from the well-known equity investors who specialize in the medical field. She went for individuals, uh, made them feel like they're part of a special club. And so yep. she was actually choosing them to join this exclusive and elite opportunity. That is the thing. You see, you're inviting to this special club of investors, <clears throat> and that's the thing. And these people weren't going through the usual due diligence because she had already tried to get funding from the, the well-known equity investors who operate in this industry. And they said no, because they did do due diligence and these individuals didn't. That's a good point to pivot on to because at the end of the day, it was a cascading process. In as you say, she perfectly... She chose particular individuals. If you, if you take all this dressing off, it's a good old everyday scam. Yes. Con, con job. Yeah. It's just that this happens to be around medical science, and yes. she's she's conned some of the most wealthy and most savvy people in the business environment. Indeed. Uh, so, and they've fallen for it. Yes, it's finally come out. She's been prosecuted. Probably won't be... The only one. There'll be others out mm. there. Mm. So, if you, Elizabeth Holmes has approached you for investment in this wonderful company called Theranos, what's the dot points? What's the things that you should do to avoid that being scammed? Well, this is what is interesting. Let's just go back to the Betsy DeVos family, for example, who invested $100 million. Yep. Under testimony... Okay, Lisa Peterson, who's the lady who actually managed all the investments on behalf of the DeFos family. Yeah. See, under testimony, she did not visit any of the Theranos testing centers. She did not call any Walgreens executives. She didn't hire any outside experts in science or the regulations or any legal matters to do with the startup's claims. So she did almost zero due diligence. And no surprise that she found themselves being scammed heartily of $100 million. The thing is with this, it's not even a lot of efforts involved. All you've got to do is maybe a few phone calls and check a, f- check a few websites. Check out the CEO. Yep. If you're doing any of this kind of thing, you don't want to be scammed, just do this. <clears throat> Go ahead and find out the CEO, had they run a successful business before? Are they an yep. expert in their field? Yes. And so do they know what they're dealing with? Do they have qualifications? That's one. Two, check out the board. I don't care how experienced or how big the people are, but do they actually have experience in medical technology? And what control do they have? I mean, do they have voting power? Are there board minutes? Thirdly, do they have a chief financial officer? Is there someone who manages the money? Are there audited accounts? Yep. Next, yep. check the culture. What's the culture in this company? Now, again, you can easily go to third-party outfits who actually record what employees feeling and so they have sites whereby we say and if they checked those they would have found out just how poisonous the culture was at Theranos and so just those simple checks would have raised enough red flags for anybody to say no yeah no I I agree and you made a point early on which resonates here Hmm. if you were taking this if, if Elizabeth Holmes were approaching one of the large private equity businesses for hmm. investment the second they said they'd take a look at it, they would have a small army of people, analysts and, and whatever, digging into exactly those key points. Exactly. They have, they have a well-proved well, process. Let's, let's put it this way. They wouldn't touch you with a barge pole if you no. don't have audited accounts. Exactly. That's simple. Immediately, yeah. if you don't yeah. have audited accounts, 
They're not going to invest in you. Theranos did not have any audit accounts. So, I mean, I just took a quick note as you were talking through there and I got, uh, so I'll go back through the head, headlines of what you said. If you are someone that's being approached to make a major investment in any business for that mm. matter, right? The bottom line is just do some simple due diligence. Just right? simple due diligence. And if I read back through your list, check out the CEO, mm. make sure they've got the appropriate experience and the skills in the field that they're supposedly representing. Check out the experience level of the board yep. and what controls and powers they've got. Right? Check out the business finances. Yep. Is there a CFO, audited accounts, balance yep. sheets, yep. etc. Check out the regulatory status of the business. I mean, anything in the health sciences business yep. has got to have got regulatory approvals. You would have thought it'd have FDA approval. Yeah, exactly. You would have thought so, wouldn't you? Yep. And then, and then, as you said, the the way that the business is structured and its culture yep. are also key factors. That and they're just they're just simple level checks. Yep that should at least make you step back and go, hang on a second, I'm not convinced here. Mm. And and if you got through those mm. and you were still thinking, well, this might just have some merit here and I'm really wanting to invest, you would at least go and visit one of their testing centers. You would have thought so. And and there would have, Bernos would have had no reason to not let you yeah, because if you went to one of the test vets, you'll find out that they didn't actually do a finger prick of blood. They actually did a full blood draw on a lot of their tests. So there you go. They yeah. weren't even doing what they said they were doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a fascinating one. And again, it's one of those where a basically a con person, a con man. Yeah, but very interesting con person. Very yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, that's what makes you know. it, to be honest, what makes it really, really interesting is that there's a, there's a the deep sense of charisma in Elizabeth Holmes. There's no doubt about it. There's a bit of a femme fatale in seeing her basically take old men, <laughs> a lot of old men, yeah. like Kissinger, Schultz, Mattis, and Murdoch, and making them weak. I find that pretty amazing. And you, ultimately, she's a sociopath. Yeah. And she doesn't. She doesn't operate the way you and I might operate. She doesn't have that same moral compass. She no. can tell lies in the way that you and I just simply couldn't. Do you ever watch a program called Killing Eve? Yes. The Villadev, the, the femme fatale in that. Yeah. Similar sort of scenario? It is. Yeah, no, very similar. Yeah. And, of course, you've got similar people like Anna Sorokin, who's the German hairdresser uh, yeah. who's currently yep. – yeah, that's a, another. That's another one. Another, another one. one. <laughs> another one. Yes. Yes. Well, there you go, Toby. That's been fascinating. For anybody else that is listening to this, mm. you know, go and go and look at some of the write-ups about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. It's just a fascinating read. It is right? absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's been another good podcast, Toby. Thank you so much for taking us through that. And for the in-depth look at Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Now, we're going to be back in a couple of weeks' time with another podcast. Until then, it's my duty to say bye for now. Bye.